Hello and welcome to Direct Hit, the cricket podcast with me, Josh. And we're joined by America's 18th most wanted man for a slagging off of baseball, Jim Hollyoak. Good afternoon. I didn't say baseball's awful, I think. I think I said, I don't quite understand it. And the game I want to was a bit boring. I mean, try telling the Americans that. They are after you. And we've got Brentwood's finest, Matthew Conroy. Good evening, Josh. How are you? Yeah, good cheers, mate. appreciate you asking. Um, we'll crack straight on with it. Um, we were all pretty confident of the England-Pakistan result going into the week. It did not quite go our way. Um, Jim, last time you played absolutely no attention to cricket. Did you pay any attention to cricket this week? Uh, vaguely. Well, I've, caught, I've caught a bit of cricket this week. Not a great deal, I'll be honest. But from what I saw of the England-Pakistan game... You concede that many runs in the first innings, it's always going to be a difficult chase. There'll be people, you two included, who'll say, oh, England always chase 350, score 400, 450. But chasing over 350 in a World Cup is never easy. So in my opinion... And it's never been done, and it's still not been done. So oh, exactly. It was a big ask. Big, big ask. So we just conceded too many runs. And for all plaudits, people like to give some more. Bowlers, Mr. Archer included, they did perform. They gave away too many runs. And that's a common theme with England, bowlers. They've got away a bit in recent years because the batsmen have covered over the cracks on occasions. But this week they couldn't. It was just too many runs for them to chase. Conroy, anything to add? Yeah, I think that is fair. I think the bowlers didn't bowl very well. They bowled too short. I think they saw the Pakistan-West Indies game and kind of reacted to that and bowled short at Pakistan but they looked like they were ready for that they looked like they've been netting pretty hard against the short board ball and just came out and you know their run rate was high from the from the off and um, they got off to a quick start they were I think they got like the first 50 in about the eighth over um so yeah I would agree I think also in terms of the the fielding I thought England I said they fielded really well in the first game but they fielded really poor in this game <laughs> There's like really low energy in the field. People weren't kind of backing up the throws. I was I was disappointed. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I thought that Jason Roy drop was very un Jason Roy, and it was a modern day dolly. Really, you can't get much much easier than that for a fielder of that standard, with the exception of Chris Wokes who took three genuinely very good catches, one of which a worldie. I thought we were poor. Morgan Morgan made a mistake in the first over, and it seemed like that set the, set the tempo. And th- chasing 350 is a lot of runs to chase, but they were chaseable. Two of our, two of our batsmen got hundreds, so there's definitely, definitely a chance. Conroy, I'll come to you first. What did you think of the chase? I thought... A lot of batsmen got themselves out playing quite poor shots. Um, to be honest, I thought Bairstow, Morgan and Stokes all got out to poor shots. I mean, Root got dropped on nine, which could have been crucial. He, he went on, obviously, to make a ten. But, you know, the Root and Butler partnership was, was fantastic. They gave us a real chance going into the last 12 overs where, you know, we needed about, I think it was about, um, what was it? About 100 off. 60 or 70 balls with Butler still in so I, st- I really thanked our chances but Ali came in and we kind of lost our momentum he hit 19 off 20 and just 
kind of slowed innings down and then Butler was kind of forced to try and play a few more shots than he probably would have liked. Um, and when, as soon as Butler got out, I thought that was kind of it. But did you catch much of that, Jim? I caught a little bit of it. Uh, yeah, I think you look at that scorecard, it's always the case. You have two players getting tons and not going on. Not going really big, like your Robert Sharmas go on and get 200. I know they weren't 200 scored today, but they got to 100. Lost a bit of con concentration, probably. and That was the end of the day, really. But there's got to be more contributions from the rest of the team. They've got to show a bit more grit. You've got Morgan, Stokes not performing. Moe and Ali looking very scratchy. And you look at a batting lineup, and they pretty much back down to 10. I'll exclude Mark Wood. There should be someone else there sticking their hand up, apart from the two batsmen, really. Yeah, I don't think you ever want to be at a point where you are blaming the two men who actually got World Cup hundreds for the defeat. I think that the Roy dismissal was just absolute garbage. I think it was a hangover from his poor, poor field and displays. It was a horrible shot against the spinner so early. And to review it was just it showed a scrambled mind for me um and then yeah I just don't think until until Butler and Root got going and I was back from work at that stage and able to watch it all and there's I I find nothing more stressful in the world that I enjoy so much as watching Joss Butler bat because I'm just terrified he'll get out the whole time but also enjoy every single shot he plays. MC, I imagine you'll be similar to me on this. Absolutely. It's just a, you know, a pile of nerves. Like, I just think he's going to get out next ball every time I, every time I watch him bat. But he more than often produces the goods, doesn't he? But I, I, mean, I really enjoy watching him, but it, I, I'm just so scared of, what, of him getting out all the time. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I can, I can definitely relate to that. It's just a crazy sort of conundrum of, like... I don't know if there's anything else in the world I can compare it to. Like if I'm going to spend money on a theme park, I know I'm going to enjoy the rides, um, but I want Butler to score runs and love watching him bat and some of his scoops and some of his shots rates recover are just unbelievable. But there's just the not knowing and the stress that comes with it. Jim, as a non-Joss Butler fanboy, what do you think? No, I just think, are you saying that there's nothing better than watching Joss Butler bat? Yeah, that yeah. is what I'm saying. Has your girlfriend been listening to podcasts recently? Let's hope not, otherwise I'll be single soon. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we'll soon find out. Conroy views. I mean, I, I think it all goes back. We've been following Lancashire for obviously a number of years. And for me, it all goes back to that time when Josh Butler was just the absolute key to Lancashire's T20 chances. And if he got out, I always thought, oh, this game over, it's done. So now when I watch him bat, like whatever team is in, however good the team he, he's batting in, I still have that kind of mentality. Like if he gets out, I think the game's done. And I think that, I, I don't know if you can relate to that, but that's, that's how I look at it. Yeah, there was certainly a phase where it's if he gets out next in is Aaron Lilly who's gonna just play all this shot through point and score a load of runs through point <laughs> and at some point probably get out caught at eighth point and it was a stressful time. Although hands up to Aaron Lilly, one of my favourite players to watch. Uh, he left us. But <laughs> um yeah, I I know what you mean. 
Um, but we'll come, well, I'm sure we'll do a Joss Butler special just for Jimbo at some point. Um, but yeah, we 14 runs short, 350's a lot. Um, how do we rate our chances? We've got Bangladesh um, later today. How how are we all feeling about it? Do we think we're going to bounce back or or are we worried, Jimbo? You're obviously a bit more worried now. We've lost that one game. I think all the confidence we had going in is slightly dented. But you still have to believe an England team is better than that Bangladesh team, especially at home, especially with the form they had going into the tournament. So although Bangladesh will cause problems, they'll probably cause more problems than other teams. I think England should be okay on this one. Happy days, Conroy. I mean, Bangladesh are going to be winning spoon, aren't they? So I'd say it's just a pretty much guaranteed win for England. So I don't know what the concern is about, really. I'm genuinely worried um, because... Bangladesh are obviously going to come in the top four and to come in the top four they're going to need going to need to take a big scalp so it is concerning I think they play a similar style of game to Pakistan Shakib is in unbelievable form even if his mates don't like him um, but we're yeah I think I think there's genuine reason for concern although hopefully now most of our batsmen have hit runs in this tournament, um, with the exception of Bairstow, who can't remember who said he'd be top run scorer, but uh, that's the slight concern, Conroy. Just out of curiosity, in this next game, you know, we've, we've, as Jim said, you know, chasing three fifty in a World Cup is, is tricky. Would you would you bat first if you won the toss, like if you were England, or would you would you still? keep with the mentality that we've had for the last four years of bowling first. How about what did you do, Jim? I think English be batting first. I think they have so much batting firepower, but we've proven if England get over 350, which they often do, they'll win the game. So if I was England, I'd be batting first rather than chasing. How about you, Josh? I think Morgan will be keen to, to make sure that it's known that it's a blip. Um, I think the pitch stayed good in Trent Bridge. Uh, it was Trent Bridge played, wasn't it? Um, it stayed good um, and it stayed runs. I think it was just one of those. It was a freak poor fielding performance. I think Morgan will stick to his guns and want to field first, given the choice, unless there's something crazy going on with the uh, overheads or something. Jimbo? Yeah, I've just been going on to this game. Do we think we're going to make any changes to the team? Obviously, Plunkett missed out this time round. If Conroy's right, the Bangladesh are the worst team in the competition, maybe this is a game to bring in some of the other squad players in. I've got to think Plunkett will come back in for one of the seamers, probably would, just rest him. Maybe Archer, didn't play great last game. Again, you probably want to rest him where you can. So I certainly think Plunkett will come in, but probably I don't see the rest of the team changing. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Plunkett fan. I think he's... He's going to be back there, there or thereabouts. We won the game he played. Um, so I could see him coming in. Um, Ali was scratching the last game, so that was a concern. Um, and seeing as it's being played at pitch with really small straight boundaries, I think the talk is it could be just one spinner, which leaves Rashid vulnerable, who got hit for a few last week, and leaves Ali vulnerable. Um, but 
Morgan likes two spinners, so I think we'll stick the two spinners. And Plunkett will come in for Wood because too many games in quick succession for Wood and he's risky. Conroy, what's your team? Um, I think Plunkett has to play. I think he, he provides us with middle-over wickets that I think are just going to be crucial in these kind of games where, you know, if Bangladesh did get a partnership going with Shakib, we're going to need a wicket somewhere in those you know, 20 to 40 overs. So I'd definitely play. What, what do you think um, about that, Jim? Yeah, I, I think Plunkett will play. I think something, Josh Braid's a good point, uh, which I'd overlooked, but it's in Cardiff. And it's, do you want the two spinners at Cardiff? They don't form great. The boundaries aren't set up great for the spinners. So there's definitely the option to look at resting Rashid or Ali and going with the extra seamer. I mean, the amount of balls we've seen Joss Butler hit into the uh, river down there, I think there's certainly scope that spin can go, which would you think lend itself favourably to England because Bangladesh rely a lot more on their spinners. Um, than, than certainly we do. Um, what do you reckon? Do we reckon that Bangladesh will open the spin, Conroy? Uh, it has been a trend, hasn't it, throughout the tournament for teams to do that, starting with Tahir in the first game against England. I, I, probably, I probably would. Um, I'm not sure who... I don't really know the Bangladesh bowlers inside out. I know Shakib bowls a bit of spin, uh, but I don't know how, if he's got much experience opening the bowling. But yeah, I mean... Yeah, it does seem to work, doesn't it? So, yeah, why not? Taken two early wickets in both games so far, so I think it's something that might carry on going. Jimbo, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so if I was Bangladesh, I think your best chance is starting with spinners and relying on the spinners. It's famously England's weakness in cricket. And I think you would suspect that if Bangladesh have got a chance, they have to take risk going with spinners. <laughs> they just open up with a second-rate seamer. You fancy the England play, top orders to go after them. Josh? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, remember, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at directtippod or email us at directtippodcast at gmail.com. So let us know what you think will be going on over the next few days. Um, but we'll take a quick look at the other games that have happened this week because there was what me and Jim thought would be a bottom-of-the-table dynamite clash. And obviously, Jim will have no idea what's happened in it. So I'll uh, go over to you first, Conroy. Yeah, really, I, I quite enjoyed this game. It was a, it was a bit of a rain-affected game. And Sri Lanka got off to an absolute flyer. They won 92 off 30, 13 overs. And you're kind of thinking, you know, they're going to put a big score on the board and Afghanistan aren't going to get anywhere near this. But they collapsed. And... Um, Narby took three wickets in an over. They collapsed to 159 for six and then 180 for eight. And a rain delay came at a really good time for Sri Lanka and it kind of helped break it up a little bit. And our man Rashid Khan took a couple of really good wickets and it was a, it was a, it was a good fight back by Afghanistan. I was really happy to see that. And it was just a bit disappointing in their chase. They, they never really got, really got going. I think they were about 59 for five. Um, but Malinga bowled really well. Boldis Yorkers got three for 39. And then, again, they, they were miles off the chase, but then somehow they dragged themselves back and needed 42 runs off 55 balls. And then the set batsman just ran himself out. He just hit the ball straight to mid-arm. What, what did you make of it, Josh? I find it interesting you talk about Malinga's, Malinga's Yorkers, because already the highlights have gone up and it says Malinga bowls out 
Afghanistan, and yet Pradeep took four for bowled a lot better. Malinga got number ten and number <laughs> and got one top order batsman. Because he's Malinga, he's mentioned as the absolute Adonis who bowled them all out single-handedly, whereas he took a couple of wickets in the tail. <laughs> I mean, the question is, who is in my fantasy team? I think the answer is Malinga. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I've concentrated heavily on that. What did you make of the game, Jim? Uh, well, I'm in the Malinga camp as well, so I was happy. Again, it wasn't whoever Josh picked some third-rate player he picked. Was it a Mendis you picked? I picked, uh, I believe, Kusil Pereira, who oh, topped the Pereira, seventh right, gate okay. out of 80 in a low-scoring game where he scored more than half of the opposition runs. I'd say it was probably one of the greatest picks of all time for someone so heavily slated. Jimbo? Yeah, that's one way of putting it. Now, I think this game confirmed my prediction that this is the worst two teams in the competition. You've got 200 facing 150. This is not what you should be seeing in World Cup cricket. We fear Afghanistan just have not got runs in this team. And it's so approved here. You should be chasing Burt Weather. Reduce 180 in this game. Any half-decent team would do that. Afghanistan couldn't do that. Therefore, they will get a wooden spoon. Come on. And, yet, and yet, this was like one of the most entertaining games I've watched in the World Cup so far. I, I, I love a lower-scoring game. And there's definitely something quite unique about watching a team like Afghanistan you don't really know much about them. And, you know, I, I just really enjoyed it. I, I, I much preferred watching that game to, you know, I think um, we're going to talk about South Africa versus India. I, I much preferred watching Sri Lanka versus Afghanistan. So what does that tell you about the World Cup? I don't deny the games are more interesting. I just, I just don't think that reflects the quality and offer there. I think there's a bit of a difference, unfortunately. But no, definitely more interesting game than some you'll see. A chase and a comfortable chase, but still lack of quality on offer. Yeah, I think that can be said. Um, can be said comfortably. Afghanistan didn't really seem to have a plan for the bat. Once the opener got out, took a really good catch actually from Pradeep on the third mat or fine leg boundary. I think it was really good catch. Um, once that happened, I think it was good night Vienna. Um, so, which brings us to the next game of the tournament, and we'll go to the cricket correspondent who watches cricket. So, Conroy, over to you. Was, it, was this the South Africa India game? Yeah, the India one? decided. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand Bangladesh, was that first? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think India still hadn't bothered to turn up at this stage. Oh. <laughs> Let's talk about Bangladesh and New Zealand then. So, Bangladesh batted first, and they, they just kept losing wickets throughout which really affected their momentum. And what probably didn't help was I, this, this guy called Shakib. I, I think he's in your fantasy team, guys. Here, right? Here, right? He, he, he Best all-rounder in the world. He, <laughs> he decided to purposely run out his partner, which I've never seen happen at any level of cricket, apart from maybe third 11 cricket. He knows um, he's better than his teammates. He's doing what's <laughs> best for the team. Jim, I'm sure you didn't watch it, so I'll give you some context to what happened. So he, the, the ball before, he hit a, hit a gap, and he thought there was two. And they run the first one hard, and then his partner turned him down. Um, and Shakib was obviously fuming about this because he wanted the second. Next ball, his partner hits a purposely, purposely good gap for a single, starts running. Shakib's like, yeah, we'll have a run. 
and then waits for his partner to get three quarters of the pitch down and then turns him back. That's <laughs> fair <then> enough. <laughs> Short-term cost, but next batsman coming in is a better batsman than the Muppet who decides not to take two off Shaquem. Shaquem realised that this guy is not a good runner, so he thought better to get rid of him and move on to the next batsman. I mean, the issue with that is the, the innings lost all of momentum and, you know, New Zealand kept them down to a score, which they eventually chased and won the game. So, I, I mean, I don't want to single-handedly blame Shaquib, but it was pretty much all of his fault. Just blaming the man who scored 64 and took two for 47 and is the talisman. Let's, let's throw him out. Let's find a bus and throw Shaquib under it as soon as possible. <laughs> Um, ludicrous scenes and then in the chase New Zealand Jim did you watch any of the chase oh uh, no of course I didn't someone's yeah. got to work Josh you don't realise someone's got to work and have lives outside of watching cricket but my boy what? New Zealand's best one day batsman Ross Taylor producing the goods with the runs 82 that is what, how many more than Williamson in this game uh, Williamson got 40, so pretty good going on his part. Although it could have been this game, Ross Taylor was twice as good as Kane Williamson. Well, that's dubious, and Conroy will tell you why as someone who watched the game. Well, basically, what happened was Williams should have been run out for eight because of Ross Taylor, and that would have completely cost New Zealand the game um, if it wasn't for some absolutely appalling wicket keeping by the Bangladesh keeper. But Ross Taylor completely shafted Williamson. He was out by, he was off the screen. He wasn't anywhere near it. Um, so, yeah, Ross Taylor, not that great in this game, actually. Although he did hit the runs, but he probably should have cost him the game as well. We um, almost cost the game, but it didn't cost the game. <laughs> it's called runs. <laughs> okay. I mean, he um, didn't finish the job, though, did he, Jim? Like, you know, you've criticised England batsmen for not quite getting the job done and you know, he got himself out and left it for the tail-enders to finish it off. And luckily for him, they did. Uh, good tail-enders, good tail-enders. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, they chased it with two wickets to spare. So on to India joining the party and deciding to turn up. Or was it, I think it was probably Australia-West Indies first, actually. But we'll, yeah, we'll go Australia-West Indies. Um, we'll go with Conroy, who knows cricket. <laughs> um, this was a good game, actually. I mean, Australia just did what Australia do so well. They, I mean, they were 38 for four, 79 for five, 147 for six. And somehow they got 288. Colton Isle hit 92 off 60, batting at eight, which I think is, I think I heard in the comments, was the highest World Cup score for number eight. Um, how did Glenn Maxwell get on, Josh? I can't quite remember that. He's your fantasy player, isn't he? Um, yeah, he um, in the chase took a really, really good catch at a really. No, bat, bat, batting, I'm talking about. We were talking about the first um, thing, don't we? He was concerned Colton R wouldn't have enough time, so he <laughs> got himself out quick to make sure that. Um, to make He got a second ball duck, admittedly. Yeah. However, yeah, there it is. There it is. his strike rate is still over 100 for the tournament, which is in my team four to be that <laughs> aggressive batsman. How did uh, Warner get on, Jimbo? Any idea? He was still trying to get over his match-winning knock in the last game. So he just he thought he'd let others do the job this game. Uh, a slow three for the, uh, for the people who want to know. And Conroy, um, did uh, Patty Cummins do anything for you? I, I did he even bat? I can't, he, did, he obviously did bat, but I just can't remember. 
They <laughs> rule out. They can't have can't have done much when your tail starts <laughs> yeah. at seven. You probably want him contributing some runs there. I'd He's say. eight off nine. Big knock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Dre it... Russell, two for forty-one in the bowling ranks. Um, Second best all-rounder was... in the world. There's around eight best all-rounders in the world, according to Jimbo Conroy. Um, who's your West Indies player? Station Holder. How did um, he get on? Did all right, I think. Bowled all right. Haven't got the stats yeah. in front of me, but I think he, I, I think I remember he bowled pretty well. Yeah, I think he bowled six overs. Didn't we take any in the way of wickets? He's probably in the side, isn't he? He's taking all those early wickets, you know, with that yeah. field, field placement. So. I mean, <laughs> imagine just picking a player purely to captain the side. <laughs> My Cusel Pereira decision got slagged off an area scoring 78 in a low scoring thriller. I'm Absolute. sorry, but we, we third team have been doing that for 10 years and we, we're a very successful club, so I don't know what you're talking about. Brentwood Cricket Club, just getting those victories. Um, <laughs> so the chase, West Indies always looked on top and then just always lost a wicket to make sure they wouldn't win. Conroy, I imagine you watched the game. Yeah, I, was, I mean, Pat Cummings absolutely changed the game, didn't he, really? He took the first wicket, which broke all the momentum. He got a key run out. But still, as you said, West Indies did look pretty much set. Jason Holder hit 51 off 57. But then... Dre just got out of the key time and pretty much cost West Indies the game, in my opinion. Go on, Josh. He was, um, he was batting well and looked like he was there. Took on, but probably didn't notice he was taking on Glenn Maxwell in the field, who caught one running over his head. One of probably the great bits of fielding that would get him in any world team in this going. I, Jimbo, like, you can't, can't deny it, can you? Well, first, first of all, you've been, you've been accusing all the players that happen to be in my dream team of costing their teams the game. <laughs> Seems to be a repeat theme here. I feel like I'm being ganged up on. Obviously, <laughs> I watch Chase. What I'm seeing from the scorecard, Shai Hope seemed to bat relatively slowly. So I guess the idea was the team, rest of the team batted around him. Is that how it worked out? Uh, that, was, I think, was the plan. And then when he got out, there was just a bunch of hitters left to come. Um, I didn't actually see much this game. I was checking it on BBC Sport. So, Conroy, I imagine you are our actual cricket correspondent. Yeah, I, I think, I, as you said before, you're, you're spot on, really. West Indies looked like they were going to chase us down. And then they just kept losing wickets. And in the end, Jason Hold was left to bat with a, bat with a tail. And the tail didn't really wag at all. And they just fell a bit short. And that's, that's the story, really. Go on, Josh. You say the tail didn't whack, and yet you said Holder scored 51, so you seem to be contradicting <laughs> yourself quite a lot. Not sure how to deal with that. It's a solid number seven batsman. It's not, it's not a tail ender. Um, so that leaves Australia, actually, as you said, Conroy, looking quite good. And West Indies, who started so promisingly, um, really could have done with winning that game. And I think a lot of people might have said that they'd have been favourites for the tournament, which took us on to talking of favourites for the tournament. India have turned up. They want to play cricket. Whee! Um, playing against Jimbo's favourite South African side. Jimbo, you must have paid some attention to your favourites. To my favourites, South Africa. I don't pay any attention to South Africa because they're rubbish. They... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just a oh, dreadful team, dreadful team. This was, I think, possibly the most boring game of the World Cup so far. 
Yeah, it didn't thrill. It didn't really take Um, off, did it? A low-scoring game where India got the runs. Comfortably. fashion. Sharma, shot, getting big runs. Yeah, he does love 100. Um, And it is a worrying sign when India's... India's batsmen are already firing. Although what we said about India was that their top three are the danger men and their top three all got runs. Conroy, I imagine you will have paid attention to the game in quite a bit of depth. Yeah, I mean, South Africa were in the field were pretty terrible. Vibardo was very good with the ball. He stuck out for me. And I thought Chris Morris came into the team and did really well for them with bat and ball but you know they're just not good enough and India looked really solid they never looked like losing the game from ball one go on Josh uh, Chris Morris as our South African favourite friend has said they're big hope coming into the side doing bits and pieces and not quite enough what a man what a hero what a talisman <laughs> Conroy yeah I mean but he came into the side and looked like their best player <laughs> which is just ridiculous isn't it I think he's about 48 years old and he looked like one of their top three players in that game so it kind of it's a a sorry side for South Africa that they've got a long way to come back from three losses in this World Cup Yeah it is a concern although Rabada 31 not out and 2 for 39 certainly makes my dream team look good and Bumrah's 2 for 35 I think my selections there have gone pretty well Jimbo you Obviously, I've not got it in front of me. How my <laughs> boys did. Uh, you had Coley, you got, got 50. Um, and you had Bummer as well, 2 for 35. South Africa, Quinton de Kock. Conroy, how did he go? Uh, he took an absolutely unbelievable catch to get rid of Coley. Uh, I, did he get runs? I don't know. can't remember. Nah, probably I mean, not. The game, the game was so bad. I, 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 I've been like like kind of trying to remember these games by things that happened and that game just nothing exciting happened apart from the cock catch to get rid of Coley and Babada's bowling spell everything even India's even India knocking off the rungs I just did not find exciting or it was boring they, they took the 50 overs to knock off the rungs pretty much and I, just, mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it I don't know about you. Yeah, it was never a game that was in doubt and felt dragged out. I think it struggled as well coming off the back of a week of good close games. England, Pakistan was good close. Sri Lanka, Afghanistan close. New Zealand, Bangladesh close. Australia, Windies, a worldie of a game. And then that one was just South Africa are really bad. India are beat them and just make sure they beat them by not taking risks and being boring, boring Kohli, who we love and is a great man, loves India. Um, so, yeah. And then the big result today... Sri Lanka onto three points. They got a rained off draw against Pakistan. Yeah, I mean that could have massive implications going on going forward in the tournament. And I, I don't know what you guys think, but I just it doesn't quite sit right for me that these games don't have reserve days. I know logistically it is an absolute nightmare to organise a World Cup with this many games, but you know if Pakistan miss out on the semi-finals because of this I think that's just horrendous I mean Sri Lanka it's not going to make any difference because they're going to be in the bottom three but (laughs) Pakistan could theoretically get in the top four and you know this was a bank of a win for them and now they're going to have to try and beat one of the bigger teams to make up for that what what do you make of that Jim? It will always be a contagious issue is whether they should have reserve days whether they shouldn't 
I think the complication they always have, as you say, the logistics are difficult. What happens if one team ends up getting three, four games rained off? How do you then cover those and fit those in? If you could only cover two of those, which ones? So you get into a lot of complications there. Therefore, they do take the straightforward approach. It's not ideal. Clearly, you feel a bit bitter if you don't go through. But it is what it is. Schlenk will see it as a point gained. Pakistan was probably see it as a point lost. Yeah, they all agreed to it before the tournament. It's a tough one. Um, but I think just in terms of there's so many games in such a short space of time, I think for the stadiums turning stadiums round when you've got a couple of days, for the groundsmen, I think they'd hate you suggesting it, Conroy. Um, Pakistan at the minute are probably fuming that they've not agreed with you. What do you reckon? Well, I just think, you know, if England miss out on the semi-final by one point because we get rained off against Afghanistan, then I think you'll be saying very different things. I think, what do you reckon about that? I think we'd all be fuming as we've decided to take a podcast day trip to England and Afghanistan. So if they're <laughs> going to rain off any game, do not stop our fun day out because that could be a very rogue podcast after that game. Uh, Jimbo? Yes, sorry, Josh. Sorry, I wasn't with you, eh? <laughs> Classic, yeah. Why, why pay attention to the cricket? Why Obviously I... not. <laughs> Is there some baseball on, Jim, or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, the jet lagger Jimbo. Um, yeah, so I think that rounds up where we're at at the Cricket World Cup. England need to win tomorrow. And to be fair, I think Bangladesh probably need to win tomorrow. Um, or well later today it'll be tomorrow when the results are sorted so yeah I think it's uh, it's going to be another exciting week if England can win this one going into Afghanistan Sri Lanka they could be nearly hitting the semi-finals by the time by the time that's all all happened Um, will you be watching Conroy I assume you will be yeah, I'm off work for this one, so I'll be I'll be locked in. I'm really looking forward to it. I've got the I've got um, permission from my girlfriend to just sit on the sofa and watch it all day. That's absolutely key to get that locked in early. How about you guys? How about you, Josh? Um, yeah, I've I've literally just uh, just bought, uh, just landed in Poland uh, for work, but I'm off today. So I've googled Irish bars near me, and I will be heading there and hitting up an Irish coffee um, for Big O Morgan, early doors, and then see how we get on. Jimbo, you uh, just doing a bit of banking? Uh, of course. No, I'm going to be playing. I'm actually going to play a game of cricket this week. Blimey. But I am, this week, I am going to watch some cricket this weekend. So I'm going to catch up on what happened with England Bangladesh, and I am going to try and sit down and watch Australia-India, which feels like the first really big game of this tournament. I'm going to try watch some of that. So next week podcast, I'm going to come back, proper analysis, some stats, as well as proving my dream team's the best. And I'm going to be fully on it. I'm excited for it. We're looking forward to... Imagine if all roles reversed and Jim knew everything about cricket and Conroy was just sat in the corner really, really drunk and slagging off other sports. What do you reckon, MC? Shall I just go to the pub like right now and just <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just continuously drink? for like the next week and then we'll do a podcast and we'll see what happens. I, I, yeah. Why not? See, 
see which countries you can slang off like Aussie rules football they're useless <laughs> uh, Jim anything to add on our slate in you no no we, we, Indian fans we love Kabaddi by the way Big up India. Also, any other nation that might listen, we love you, Bangladesh, Shakib, Comrade, didn't mean it. So. Absolutely did mean it. You know. <laughs> but I, I, I would like to say that he is welcoming my fantasy team after doing that kind of, um, that kind of manoeuvre to get rid of a batsman. That is, that is club cricket classic. I it's the ultimate neg. Just like, actually, <laughs> mate, you really annoyed me. So I'm just going to ruin your day. In a World then, Cup. <laughs> just you find will. a bin and throw you in it as soon as possible. Um, unfortunately, boys, I think that's all we've got time for. So um, this one took longer and that's my, my work's fault. So I will take the fault blame for that one. So we'll try and get back in the next few days and not leave it so long after England's game. Um, so Brentwood Cricket Club's finest, Matthew Conroy, thank you for being here. Yeah, it's going well. And America's favourite man, James Hollyoak. Thank you very Goodbye. much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Been a pleasure. And remember, as ever, Twitter at direct tip pod, email direct tip podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Get your dream teams in. We enjoyed Shaggy's, uh, Shaggy's effort, looked uh, solid side, probably better than Jim's test side, but uh, maybe not as good as the rest of ours. We'll see you next time. Thank you for being here at direct tip podcast. Go well. <laughs>